Hello again, beautiful beings of light, and welcome back to another Expand podcast episode with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to talk all about money, and specifically, I want to talk about the nuances and the, I guess, associations that we have with regards to money. I want to start off right away with a story. So I ended up going into my local small town home hardware, just a kind of just like a home improvement shop, you know, in my little kind of blink and you miss it town. And a couple of weeks back, I purchased a couple of things, a couple of tools that my wife t- told me that we needed. And I asked her to check the toolbox to make sure that we didn't have those tools. And she checked and she said that we didn't. So I bought the tools. Then, of course, I get home and I check the toolbox. And what do we have? We have the damn tools. So I end up going back to the home hardware and I say, hey, you know, I'm returning, you know, these two tools. And in exchange, I want to purchase the this pair of scissors that was like $5.99. And the tools were like, I don't know, $30 or $40. So upon doing the exchange, I get the money back and it's like $7. And I didn't really think about it in that moment because I had a lot on my mind. But when I got back home, I thought to myself, hmm, that's a weird exchange amount. Like I would assume that it would be more like $17 that I would get back rather than just 7 So I check out the receipt, and to my dismay, I realized that they ended up refunding me the amount of the ratchet, and then they accidentally added it back into the the refund, right? And so, you know, it's just really funny. So basically, they charged me for what I wanted to return, and I ended up only returning the $16 item. So since I discovered that, which was three weeks ago, I have had the receipt in my car and I thought to myself, well, I'm going to go and get, you know, this money back. And then part of me is like, oh, well, who cares? You know, it's $20. It's a, it's a small town uh, <laughs> home hardware store and they could probably use the money, right? Like I kind of rationalized it. And then As every day kind of passed and every time I went into town, I would have the receipt. There would be nothing stopping me to walk into the store and just ask for that money. But I had the most amount of anxiety when even thinking about doing that. And it really brought up this awareness within me of why does this situation make me so damn anxious? And I think I've pinpointed it. I think it comes down to I have a very hard time being the cause for someone's embarrassment. If you know what I mean, like I I have and I think a lot of empaths are like this where I will shoot myself in the foot, okay, metaphorically, before I make someone else feel awkward or uncomfortable. And and really, I guess the word would be people-pleasing, right? It comes down to this, like, I don't want to point out someone else's mistake. You know what just popped into my mind? The exact same example of 
<laughs> it's really funny. This is a real life example. All right. If you go to a restaurant and you get a glass of water and the glass of water has a hair on it when you get it, I am the type of person to slowly take the hair off the glass, pretend it never existed, and carry on with my life. Once again, for fear, it's a confrontation thing, I guess, too, but for fear of confronting the waitress and making them feel embarrassed. And I think it's really interesting that I have like this large amount of fear around that. And, uh, and I know people, I know many people in my life, and I'm sure you guys know them too, or you are them, who get the glass of water and you, you know, you don't touch it and you call the waiter over. You call them away from whatever they're doing and you let them know, hey, uh, there's a piece of hair on my glass. I'd like another one. And, you know, your meal is comped or you get a free appetizer or whatever, right? And, and it's that kind of dynamic and situation. I've been there within that dynamic and situation. But once again, it is so difficult for me to be the one prompting that dynamic by speaking up. I feel like so many of us do this. We throw ourselves under the bus to prevent someone else from feeling uncomfortable because we can feel that within them too. I don't know if this is like a societal thing where, you know, the, the, the people pleasing, like I don't really know where that comes from, but it brought up something else as well. It brought up this remembrance of money and it almost brings up this awareness of money pride. It's like, oh, well, I don't need that anyway. It's like, actually, no, I could use that. I could use that $20 for many things. And it was their mistake. You know, this is a business, right? And so I remember back a, a couple of things, uh, a couple of other kind of money things that I've, I've recalled and been aware of throughout the years. One, like back in the day, in my like maybe late teens, um, early adulthood, I had such a difficult time <laughs> walking into a shop and not buying something. As bizarre as that sounds, I think I felt obligated to, I don't know, like make the person in the shop feel good by selling something. Like I had such a hard time going in, looking around and leaving. And it would be even worse if the salesperson talked to me. The obligation would build, this obligation of needing to kind of exchange that energy that they were using on me. And then, and then the other thing that I also correlated as well, and I don't know if they're correlated, but I want to bring all of this up for a reason. The other thing is, you know, uh, my wife, and I think my brother used to do this too, but you know, you walk into a corner store and you're really thirsty. So you get a drink, you open the drink, you drink the drink, and then you walk over to the cash and you pay for the drink. When my wife did this for the first time walking around a, a corner store, whatever, I almost got a freaking anxiety attack saying to her, hey, uh, that's no, you can't do that. They're going to think that you're stealing and like, that's not right. And you have to pay for it before you can touch it. And you know, what's really funny too. Uh, I do the same thing when people send me things. I feel until, okay. 
good example. A good friend of mine, you know, beautiful Palladian soul, uh, sent me all of her uh, products, vegan, handmade, lip balms and body ointments and chakra aligning stuff. And, and I really believe in her stuff. And I've actually known her for like probably eight or nine years. Anyway, and so I did not touch the product. I couldn't, there was a rule that I created in my own mind. And I didn't even realize that I created this rule that I wasn't allowed to use the product until I took a picture of it and posted it on a story for social media to get her more clients, to get her more people. But I felt like I was unable to enjoy the products without the exchange of energy. And I thought to myself, after a week of having the product, not using it, and, uh, and, and not posting it just because I was busy or caught up or whatever. And getting to this point where I'm like laughing at myself thinking, this is so silly. This is like having an anxiety attack around drinking a drink before you pay for it. So your family thinks you're crazy. Your emotions are all over the place. Your body is hurting and it really feels like you're dying. Well, don't worry, You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up is actually the title of my recently published book, which details all of the stages and steps during your awakening. Just search Elizabeth April in the search bar and you will find my book on Amazon in every country today. It is time to question your reality and wake up to infinite possibilities. Now for the context here. I don't want to go into my own money, weird psychology, pride, um, empathic, people-pleasing tendencies. I did this is not the point of this episode. The point is. I'm actually really starting to realize that I have a lot more fucked up, twisted, entrenched, entangled money energy than I ever thought that I had. And I don't even know if it's a money thing, but it's for sure money related because what is the greatest exchange of energy on the planet at this point in time? It's money. Even if you were to go see the top of the top, you know, and who, you know, who cares about hierarchy, but then your top of the line energy healer, what are you going to give them in exchange for their cream of the crop energy healing? You're going to give them money, right? It's, it's this exchange metric. So although you may say, oh, well, that's just a weird energy thing that you have of, of needing to be balanced with that. I really believe that money is energy. So what I'm prompting you to do in this episode is take a much deeper look. And I say much deeper because, I don't know, because I thought that I figured out my money weird complexities and connections. I thought I had this figured out, but all of a sudden all of these things are coming to light of why does something like asking for $20 back from someone who made a mistake, give me the most amount of anxiety I have experienced in a long time. What is that? 
So I want you to think about the weird money things that you have. What about money gives you anxiety? And for me, uh, another thing is paying taxes. Once again, because it feels like I owe the government something. I hate owing anyone anything. And, and I think that the, the sharper we get with our energetic intuitiveness and our ability to feel in an extrasensory way, the more we feel the energy of obligation. And it bothers me. Feeling that bothers me. Like, for example, in a friendship, right, you say call your friend three times in a row over maybe, say, a month or something. But you think to yourself, hmm, I'm always calling them. You know, do they really care about me? Well, yeah, of course they care about you. They're probably just busy or they just don't have that in their forethought or whatever, right? It's just who they are. But I will feel those energy dynamics with friendships, right? Not even with money, not even with owing money, but also with friendships of, oh, is this balanced? Is this equal? You know? And I've come a huge long way in knowing that I just need to do what I need to do. And I can't feel bad that I make other people feel uncomfortable because I'm doing what I want to do. Once again, I really feel like this comes down to us as empaths and starseeds with a mission and a purpose and volunteer work. It's almost like we feel obligated to put other people first. So whether that be making plans or constantly having the balance of energy top of mind, you know, I feel like we get sucked into that. I feel like that's a big part of this. And and there's a lot of pieces to this, but I always try and dig to the root of the problem. What about money makes you feel the most anxious? Is it owing someone? Is it being owed? I don't know. Is it your perception of money? Is it people wasting money that bothers you? Is it talking to your husband, your wife, your partner about money? What is it about money that that triggers you? Is it just simply not having enough money most of the time and feeling like you don't have the freedom to buy what you want to buy? rather than what you need to buy all the time. I feel like each of us, in our own way, all have limitations associated with money. Very similar to really, truly believing that most of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us have limitations when it comes to sex. It's kind of the same conversation. Sex and money have been so tainted so convoluted, so twisted, and I could throw in religion in that as well. Sex, money, and religion have been so kind of tangled in our reality that we have so many associations with the word God uh, or the image of a $100 bill, you know, or the act of having sex. We have been conditioned to not feel free with our money. We have been conditioned to not feel free with our beliefs and spirituality. We have been conditioned to not feel free with our sex and sexuality. That is basically the definition 
of the prison planet. So right now, I am doing some like really heavy offloading of my own sexual trauma and repression and of my own, obviously, without me even knowing that I had issues, with my own money issues and convolutions. And I truly believe personally that whatever I'm having an issue with, I still haven't gotten to the root of it. You know, I've I've talked about some of the moving pieces, but I really believe that it comes down to my parents getting divorced when I was seven and my brother was eight. And I heard them fight all the time and they would always fight about money. It was always about money and the mistrust that went into money and the way that they worked with money. And, you know, that money and relationships has always given me anxiety. And actually, my wife is the same way. And, you know, her parents had their own dynamics with money and that situation and control, money and control. And so as I'm doing this offloading of my sexual limitations, I'm starting to observe and be aware that I actually have financial limitations that I wasn't even aware of. And of course, I mean, you know, knowing me, because you you do to some extent, uh, and being on my channel, I, I've experienced spiritual liberation. I've experienced religious liberation, especially coming from a Catholic background. So for me, that's taken care of. Maybe you are still battling with your spiritual freedom. So I want you to really, you know, I thought this was going to be about money, but this is kind of becoming more about the greater paradigm of humanity of this kind of quote-unquote prison system, religion, slash belief, money, and sex. Do you truly feel liberated in all three of these categories, or do you feel limited by them? And I'm not talking about the external pressures of belief, sex, and money. I am talking about truly the intrinsic brainwashing that we've all gone through that convince us about certain paradigms within money, sex, and belief, and religion. We don't even realize most of the time that we have tainted perceptions of these concepts until we start really observing the stressors, the anxiety around each thing. And what's really interesting is I feel like a year ago, if I had that moment of anxiety about the receipt, I either was too stressed out to notice that one thing in particular was stressing me out more than other things, or I just wasn't aware enough or didn't have the capacity to hold space for the healing and the awareness of, wow, This is bizarre. Why do I feel this way in this moment? Why do I feel so stressed out in this moment? So I think it's, you know, a huge testament to be here, not only to be here and to actually be, you know, talking about this and being open about this in this podcast, but also, you know, just half an hour ago to finally drive into my small ass town, walk into the home hardware like a little ball of anxiety with my receipt going up to the cash register and saying, hey, like, if you can't help me, that's fine. But, you know, I think that there was a mistake when I tried to return this thing a couple weeks ago. 
and it wasn't an issue. It's like such a non-issue. And yeah, and they looked at me like, oh, this is weird. This never usually happens. Like, I know it's weird. But I also think that that entire moment, that entire situation was set on my path to not only teach me to confront that energy and to realize, oh, it's no big deal, but to also really deal with and unpack and bring awareness to the connections and associations I have to finances and money and money scarcity or money attachment or whatever it is that's going on, which I still haven't really figured out. People pleasing, um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what that root is yet. But I want you to begin the process of unpacking not just money, but sex and spirituality as well. Are there any associations that you have to these things that could be tainting a more pure way of observing it? And beyond that, you know, it's so easy. Like if you were to ask me, you know, hey, EA, did you, do you have any money blocks? I'd say, no, no, I, I respect it. I appreciate it. I can manifest it. And I'm in good standing with money. But I'm just realizing now that actually, no, you know, absolutely not. I've got major anxieties around it. And it's time to face that completely. So <laughs> it's so easy to ask yourself, oh, do you have any blocks around spirituality? No, I'm good. I'm good to go. Instead of asking you uh, yourself a question that you may unknowingly, ignorantly answer, I want you to actually do the practice of going into your childhood and asking yourself, what was the association with religion or belief or spirituality? What was the association that you were, what was the environment that you were brought up in surrounding money? Oh, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't a thing. You know, the, the man made it or whatever, right? What was the association in your family, the openness, the closeness around sex? What were your individual exposures to sex as a child? I promise you that the deeper you look into these categories of your childhood, of your own exposure, of your own experimentation, of your own perception of each of these things, it will lend so much credence to who you are as an adult. And then once you see it for what it is, whatever that may be, you then get to have the conscious choice as to whether or not you want to continue that paradigm. That's it. That's truly what it comes down to. And it's funny, now kind of having this conversation and unpacking even belief in spirituality and religion in my childhood, I seriously remember being a kid in Catholic church, dressing up to the nines, kneeling before the pews, drinking the blood of Christ. I just remember being in that whole environment and completely feeling like it was a cult, completely feeling like all of the power dynamics are in this priest who is appointed by God or whatever, 
And we have to do amen, amen. You know, we have to just do whatever he says, sit, stand, sing this page, that page. And it's funny because I'm actually really grateful that I had that exposure at a young age because the number one thing that I am always checking within my own work these days as, as say, a spiritual teacher is making sure that I am never telling anyone to do anything. Full stop, period. I never want to be a cult. I never want to have, you know, uh, a community that follows me around. Like, I mean, that is the grossest energy ever. It grosses me out. And even today, even when I when I see people on social media making a comment that literally makes me have a visceral reaction of something like um, super adoring, like super pedestal energy, super kind of like, you're my savior, you're my teacher, you're the one and only, you saved me from this thing, or you taught me all about these things that I didn't know. And anytime I feel that basically what it is, is the energy of disempowerment from an individual Anytime I feel that in any of the, I don't see all my comments, um, <laughs> that'd be a full-time job. But when I do look at comments and I do see that, I always, to this day, remind them, I am just a mere reflection of you. You have everything that I have. I'm here to just show you who you are. That's it. And so now I'm kind of linking the fact that I was so grossed out in church <laughs> as a kid of just all of the practices that, of course, as an adult, that's like, mm, okay, cool, check what not to do <laughs> in my career. And I love it. I, I love it. And it's funny because this is probably the first time ever I've actually had a pretty solid appreciation of the Catholic Church and my experience with it to get me to this point of, oh, hmm, what not to do? Fantastic, right? It's such a learning experience, but also such a unique way to observe that experience as well. I've always had such a, honestly, like almost a, a hatred, and I don't even use that word ever, but just such a resistance to the Catholic Church uh, for such a long time. So it's nice to take a new perception of it. Well, that being said, rant is over. I hope that this episode helps you unpack some things that have been subconsciously sitting there and will ultimately allow you to be most powerful, sovereign self that you can be. Because all of a sudden, you're not making choices based on old paradigms. You're making choices based on who you are and the accumulation of everyone you've ever been before right now in this moment. As always, thank you for listening. I will see all of you in the fifth dimension frequency. Bye.